This is Just Football. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Football. This week we're down a person. We had a last minute... um, International call up for Dave, I think. Dan, should we, should we say it like that? <laughs> International call. I, I was going to say it's just we, we were unsure about Arsenal fans and gloating on the show this week after after yesterday's results. So maybe we could say we kicked them off. Probably makes our life a bit easier today, doesn't it? Yeah, it does make our life a bit easier. <laughs> right. Let's so let's have a look. I've cobbled together an, an agenda, and as it's football, uh, the first one we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> um, yeah just uh, just on that though do you watch the Super Bowl are you interested in that at all or? no I find it um, really really hard to follow that sport um, at some point I feel like I should go and watch a game since Tottenham host a few games a year in the NFL um, but yeah I find it hard to follow see I like the Super Bowl I don't follow NFL but I do love the Super Bowl just as a it is such a show um you know, and the only thing is I can't watch it because it doesn't start till like 11.30, doesn't it? But yeah. the funny thing was, it's like the quarter, you get four quarters, don't you? And it's 15 minutes each. But before the game yeah. started, they said, oh, we'll know who's won it in just about three hours time. And I'm thinking it's three hours. <laughs> it's, yeah, see, that, that fact, I have my head full, finds trouble computing that, is that in 60 minutes of play, you have triple that amount of time. Yeah, and it just it bamboozles me. It really does. <laughs> but we're not talking about that football. Um, but maybe that should be a side series we do each year. <laughs> this <time. laughs> um, yeah, so I've cobbled together an agenda. I just thought we'd have a look at some results from the weekend first, quickly. Um, I guess off note, you've got Man City beating Everton two 0 um, So again, that's a bit of a hammer blow to Everton especially with a result we come on to later. Um, both Luton and Nottingham Forest lost, didn't they? So, well, I mean, yeah, you're not going to expect Luton, Everton. Everton. Sorry, I was going to say you're not going to... Go Sorry, go on, you go on. No, I was going to say you're not necessarily going to expect Everton to beat City, um, especially away. And if I remember right, I think Haaland back to scoring ways. But yeah, yeah sorry, what twice, were you going to yeah. say? Yeah. So, what you mentioned at Haaland, that first Haaland goal... I don't know if you've seen it, but he absolutely smashed it. It's like he was, I don't know if you, he kind of got fed up and the ball come to him and he just looked like he was going to kick it as hard as he could and it just rifled into the net. It was a pretty good goal. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say about Luton is obviously we, I think we have a bit of an allegiance to them. But what a shame that we couldn't take advantage of playing Sheffield United at home when Everton are playing City. Like it felt yes. like they could have got, they could have, you know, they could have really made some headway um, above them. It just felt like a wasted opportunity. Yeah, all the hard work they've done in recent weeks. Um, yeah, yeah, it just feels bizarre. And, you know, we pretty much, well, I mean, Sheffield United are still, let's have a look, they're seven points off Luton and they've played a game in, they've got a game more. Um, but yeah, it's it was a tough week, sort of down at the bottom of the table. Um Harlan's goal, sorry, just going back to what you were saying. I didn't see it, but I love goals like that. Do you remember Rooney's goal when I think he was at Everton uh, still? He was arguing with the referee. Something had happened, then he was arguing with the referee. 
the referee wasn't having any of it. The ball comes to him and he literally just wanted yes, to put all I his do back. recall that. Yeah, I recall <laughs> that, yeah. Oh, I do love goals like that. Um, yep, we've got Liverpool beat Burnley 3-1. Tottenham, that was an interesting game, wasn't it? So uh, we went a goal down, equalised, I think it was in the second half, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, Saar come back, uh, scored a goal. And then Johnson, which I'm really... I'm really pleased he got the winning goal. He, he's yeah. a young player. Try, you know, he's he's obviously trying his best. He's had a few critics, but yeah, he scored in the 96th minute yeah. with being assisted by Son. So, what I was going to say to you is, feels like having not only the injuries come back, but the people from the international tournaments. It feels like we've got options. It was a struggle, but it feels like we got the options again, haven't we? Yeah, it feels like we kind of got away with one on Saturday but I think it was it's too soon for people like Saar and Son to be like at full fitness I think they've just had the emotional come down of a tournament they're only just back in the squad Madison's only just back from injury it feels like we got away with it because I, I think there's a few players in transition to to be in peak um, mm. but we'll kind of see what happens but did you see that at um, Johnson's goal they said it I think it was like Madison to yes. Richarlison <laughs> yeah. to Son to Johnson, uh, so like with the four people in the lead up, all had the the word son in their in their surname. I, I love when stuff like that happens, and I know I've mentioned on it here before, but like when we sold Carl Walker and we replaced him with Carl Walker Peters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Football has a funny way of doing things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. It feels like we got away with it, but yeah, we've been a very disjointed team for injuries and 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 internationals but the fact that we are still up there having had all that to me is a testament to this this season the squad and what's happening so we stayed in fourth because yesterday there were a couple of games and I think I think it was a I'm going to call it a shock that United beat Villa away to Villa 2-1 what's your view on that so being being a Tottenham fan and the position we're in at the moment, obviously Aston Villa up there, but Man United, what, six six points behind. I looked at that fixture yesterday morning, and I was like, I don't know what I want the result to be. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a bit of me that feels that Aston Villa at some point were going to fall away at, at some point. They're always going to have a, a bit of a bad run. But I have this fear about Manchester United that they're going to become good. Not not brilliant, but they're going to become good enough to put a, a run together. Yeah. And, and we'll be up there and... You know, six points in the grand scheme of things is not that much. No, with, no. With sort of 20 games to go or however many games we've got to go. Um, so, yeah, so Man United worry me. So I feel like I wanted that to be a draw yesterday. Um, I think I need... My, I, I want Man United to... It goes against everything because I prefer Aston Villa as a football club, but I, I just feel like there's something about I'm looking over Tottenham's shoulder and who's more likely yeah. to... Well, a draw, would have dropped us to, a draw would have dropped us to fifth, though. Oh, uh, would it? Yeah, being oh, okay. goal difference. So yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, I I just found that a bit of a surprising result because yeah, Villa have been, and like I said, I think they they they, they probably drew a blip. I think they have had a, a funny a funny few results here and there. But yeah, ba- basically that win, as you said, now for United puts them in six, um, six points behind Tottenham in fourth. Villa are on forty six, with Tottenham on forty seven now. The team above us are Arsenal. Now, I think we've got to address that. I mean, what a result for them yesterday, right? 6-0 away to West Ham. 
Yeah, brilliant result. Should we say our little text exchange that we had before that game started? I don't know. We is, talk- it safe? We, is it safe yeah, to we, say it? <laughs> we, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Dan and I were chatting about this game by WhatsApp and we were talking about this Arsenal-West Ham game. And I said, along with a famous last word, I said, Arsenal have got West Ham away. That is a tricky tie. Um, I could, I kind of implied they might drop points because I think West Ham have been, been doing all right this season. But God, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah. And what did I do? I think at 4-0, I messaged you back quote in your tweet saying this didn't age well did it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but j- joking aside fantastic result for Arsenal I think that's a, that's a statement um, probably you know made the other teams above them kind of look up a bit because West Ham is not an easy place to go at the moment um, so to come away winning that 6-0 yeah, it's, it, very it's, impressive. it's the it's the amount isn't it 6-0 is just I, that is an embarrassing result for West Ham um, yeah and it's funny because I, I messaged the group and then I just like I did the week before with um, Chelsea saying Moyes out by the end of the week. And yeah. and it's you raised an interesting point because I, I kind of said it slightly tongue in cheek. But, you know, you were saying almost like what do West Ham, where do they think they should be? Because I, I, where are they? They are still currently in they're eight, they're in eighth place. Yeah, yeah. But it's like when you listen to them, the fans are just so unhappy with how they are playing. And... It's results like this. It is neat. It would be knee-jerk, but it's results like this against a, a London rival at home, and it's it's a demolition. It's a humiliation, isn't it? And I think the patience just—I don't think it's going to be there. If it's you know, for example, if they don't win the next game. But it's it's this, this is what I find the whole concept of manager sackings and manager pressure a, a bit weird, and I think knee-jerk is probably the right way to describe it, but. West Ham have just come off the back of a season where they won the European Cup. Like, for most, a lot of West Ham fans, that's going to be, you know, their pivotal moment of what I enjoyed the most as a West Ham fan. David Moyes helped deliver that, and they're eighth in the league. Who, 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 in the the clubs above them, who are they expecting to displace? Because you've got got to think the top three or fours are given, and they're they're the fourth best out of the rest. And I just think, I don't know what they expect. I, I agree with you, but I guess the counter argument, if you're a, if you're a West Ham fan, is how are we going to displace any of those with the way we're currently managed? I, I get it. It's, it's football fans where we're fickle, right? We're fickle. Very short, very short time memories. Yeah. They, they, yeah. You, I guess they might be. They might feel that West Ham aren't playing the football that they enjoy, and that might be a thing. But yeah, I just I think if. I just feel like if if they sack Moyes and put someone else in, I just feel like they could be go on a downward spiral. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's he's coped with Declan Rice leaving pretty well. You know, they're eighth in the league with their best player leaving them at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. They just need to get on with it. And that was funny as well, wasn't it? Because I think they were planning to boo him, but at the end, those that were there, because as per our conversation last week, the question by um, Joey, a lot of West Ham fans left at half time because it was 4-0 yeah. at that point, I believe. And at the end of the match, I think they applauded Declan Rice. But do you think it's... And I was thinking about this today. Do you think it's because they saw how bad their team were and almost like, yeah, you've done the right thing? <laughs> Is it almost like a change of mind because why would he have stayed to play in that team? Yeah, maybe. I feel like Declan Rice did a lot for him, but like, they didn't really leave in like, didn't really leave in a burnt bridges type of way, did he? 
No, but I think it's just looking almost like going to Arsenal as well. For one, it's a local rival, but also two, it's like West Ham aren't good enough. I guess some fans might have that mentality. And they're not, right? In the sense of Arsenal were challenging for the title and you wouldn't have seen West Ham doing that this year. But as we said, fans are fickle, Dan. Fans are fickle. They are Um, indeed. Includes us. (laughs) The other result, just call out Liverpool beating Burnley at home. So Liverpool are top on with 54 points and City are on, um, sorry, they are on 52 points, but with a game in hand. And I think they've got two games this week. So we could see by the end of this week, potentially City back on top. They've won, uh, Man City have won five games on the bounce now. Um, looking at the form guide, it might even be more than that, I guess. But, you know, they're in form, aren't they? They're doing that thing they do, right? Well, they just yeah, it's like, we, need to, we need to we need to start trying now and just stick it into second gear and off they go. Yeah, yeah. A um, few other results just around Europe. So Inter beat Roma four two away. So that again, like I said last week, so they are still seven points clear. That is still what fifteen games to go. But you know, in the last couple of weeks, they've beaten Juventus and Roma, who seem to have been a little bit re- revitalised under new management. Then in Spain, you had Real Madrid beat Girona 4-0. And that then, that was a really important game because they were really close. So Girona were top for a while. So they are now, Real Madrid are now five points clear of Girona, who are in second place. And the other one, the other result I want to say, oh, the the thing that came out of that, I believe Bellingham is now injured. He's got a slight ankle injury, I believe. So he's out for a couple of weeks. Um, So I can't remember what, what... if we've got any uh, England friendlies or whatever, but yeah, he's 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 going to be out of action till I think mid March. The other game was, and I don't know if you got to see any of this, but I saw about three quarters of it was Bayer Leverkusen against Bayern Munich, and Bayer beat Bayern three nil, and it was comfortable. I saw the first yeah. half definitely; it was comfortable. I, I watched the first half, and Bayern just didn't look like they were in it at all, did they? I don't think they had a shot on target. No, I think they said at half time. Harry Kane touched the ball eight times in the first half, which yeah. is incredible. So they are five points clear at the moment and they haven't lost a game, which is which is quite incredible. Now, I, I kind of want to say, I mean, would you feel sorry for Harry Kane at the end of the year if Bayern haven't won the title? Yeah, I, I think I would do. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think I would feel sorry for him. I'm a Harry Kane fan. Um, I have no bad blood about him leaving Tottenham um, and you and, and I, I have to do well yeah and you and I have both sort of said that we feel he's been forced out really of England yeah, especially got, hasn't he yeah yeah he got um the media kind of made this whole thing about a trophy and then um uh, now we're going to make a whole thing about it being a Harry Kane curse and not a Tottenham curse yeah, uh, when, yeah. when it comes to trophy but it's incredible how he can be he can have scored so many goals for yeah. that club yeah and they still be second yeah it's um yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, I, I think most people will probably say it's an Eric Dyer curse. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, were there anything else about any games you wanted to, to pick out before I go into I, some? I, yeah, I noticed on the BBC website, but I don't even remember a few seasons ago, uh, well, quite a few seasons ago, 2007-2008, Derby recorded the lowest um, points tally in the Premier League and that's like oh, the yeah. lowest of all five clubs right and they got yeah. just 11 points from the whole season it's <laughs> incredible that that record is now under threat 
by it, in La Liga by a club called Almer- Almeria. Uh, is it Almeria? Almeria? Yeah. Um, who have collected just six points and no wins from their opening 23 games. So they are at at risk of um, breaking uh, breaking Derby's record. But I was kind of reading a a bit about it. Apparently, it's a a bit of a a freak thing because they've actually been playing quite well. They've just been really, really, really unlucky uh, with like some VAR decisions. And if you look at their expected goals tally, they should be way out of the relegation zone. So I want to read a bit more into the detail as to how they could be so unlucky, but but still bottom. I was um, going to say, because there's been unlucky and then there's only getting six points from 24 games. Six, <laughs> what's that? Six, six draws and 18 losses? That's a... Uh... That's a is, bad season, isn't it? Is, is, yeah, that's a bad season. Uh, is is that what it is? I'm just going to quickly bring up the table. Um, where is it? So, La Liga, Almera. They currently uh, Al, Al, Almera uh, are currently yeah, joint draws. on the number of games consecutively played without a win, so their winless streak. If they don't win their next game, they're going to be outright 24 games in a row, not not winning. Yeah, as you said, they've they've. Drawn six, lost seventeen, scored twenty-two, and conceded fifty-one. So yeah. <laughs> Ironically, I mean they've scored more goals. So Raya Vallecano in fourteenth have scored twenty-one goals. They so yeah. scored more than them, but obviously um, they've only let in thirty-two. So that's incredible. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I've just saw that when they were at home to fellow strugglers Granada, Almera raced into a three-nil half-time lead as a. <laughs> <laughs> but then Luis Suarez scored a five-minute hat-trick to put it back. If there are um, any Almeria fans listening, get in touch, absolutely. Let us know kind of how, how the season has gone. I mean, I know it's bad, but yeah, let us know about the unluckiness. Oh, no, hang on. Sorry, I'll, I'll take that back. I think Su- Suarez plays for Almeria. Is that the same Luis Suarez that we know? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. I, I no, think sorry, we yeah. On. Yeah, let's move on. Because <laughs> I'm not cutting this out. Um, <laughs> um, was there anything else about that? No. Um, okay, so I've got a few news things that have cropped up over the week. So it's since been postponed, but the whole um, the whole thing around the blue card being introduced into football, into the, the higher levels. So if you hadn't seen it, the plan was for... IFAB to introduce a blue card to distinguish being um, for dissent and specific tactical offences. It's meant to obviously be different to a yellow and red card, but but they are postponing it. So if you got if a player got a blue card, they would go into a sin bin for ten minutes. Now think about yeah dissent, but an example I've also seen mentioned is remember Chiellini pulling Saka back in the final of the Euros. That would be a blue card mm-hmm. technically or could be so before i say anything what's your view on the whole blue card slash sin bin i feel like they are getting so many things wrong at the moment i feel like there should be more effort to fix what's going on at the <laughs> moment rather than introducing something new which they will they put this blue card in there it's just going to introduce more gray areas more dispute, more things to go wrong. Um, I kind of, there's a bit in me that thinks there's things that are yellow card or red card which are too harsh. Things like kicking the ball away um, or taking your shirt off for a celebration. I feel like there's some things there that could be reviewed and maybe given some sort of form of punishment. 
but I think we need to get what we've, what we've done now right. I think we need to get that right before moving on to something else. Yeah, can't can't argue with a lot of what you said there. I know Simbins are in non-league football, and I don't think it's been particularly great there. M- my view is, I don't see it's it's like treating football as like naughty children. I don't see why you can't just book players for certain things like descent, book them and put them on that tightrope, and then tr- you got. I think. What's the blue card going to do? What's the Simbin going to do? You you want to try and get this certain types of behaviour out of the game. I think that's just going to encourage it because look at Chiellini, right? Say, say for example, that say the game, it was earlier in the game because I know I think it was in extra time. He gets the yellow card. He's then walking a tightrope. So he's in a final of a tournament. He's got to really then be careful with any challenge he puts in and anything he might do. But if you take him off for 10 minutes, well, the team will just go defensive. You put a block around it and you can ride it out potentially for 10 minutes. I I, I get what they're trying to do, but I don't think you're going to... You, I don't see why a yellow card isn't good enough. That should be the punishment. Yeah. It, it, do you think it's trying to combat the amount of people we're seeing getting sent off at the moment? Do you think that's what it's trying to resolve? Like I said, maybe for the examples you've given, like I think kicking the ball away, I think... I see why you can book a player for that. But yeah, taking your shirt off, if some people are being... The, the, the whole time-wasting thing can be a fine line at times. Being booked for swearing or, or just like walking away from a ref, it might be a frustrating booking. But it feels to me like the aim of this is to try and bring a bit more discipline into the game. And again, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, right, maybe, maybe they're too afraid of giving bookings because then if a player, then if they do then get a second stupid yellow card or they make a mistake with the second booking. Yeah. It's not there. Here's a new idea for you. Rather than introduce a blue card, why don't we introduce the rule? I'm saying that like it's our decision. Why don't we introduce the rule that you have to get three bookings to be sent off? Three bookings in a game. Three bookings in a game before you get sent off. It it depends. If they're not going to roll back some of the stupid booking things, like I, I really don't think you should get booked for kicking the ball away. I don't think you should get booked for taking your shirt off into the crowd. So if you, unless they, if they don't remove those silly ones and want to keep them in there, and like you said, you know, you do something stupid and you go down to 10 men and you feel a bit undeservedly for two ridiculous bookings, you could just make it an extra booking before you get sent off. And if it's a particularly bad challenge, you could give two yellows at once. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a two-pointer. Well, that that could be like a green card or, so, or, a, or a purple <laughs> card, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just think if you're introducing the three yellow cards, then you're you're potentially encouraging someone up to do quite a, a nasty tackle that isn't a red card, say, but to go in quite hard. Potentially. Yeah, or, that's, that's fair. I, I, I just think if, because I saw one of the other rules, there were supposedly five rules being introduced. One of them I thought was already in place was only the captain can talk to or can have a go at the, the referee. I thought that was already in place. To me, that should be... What happens? You, you, like I said, if this is for dissent and discipline, I, I, I just think it's going to look silly, right? Players going in and out. It'll feel a bit like ice hockey, won't it? Where they go <laughs> they go yeah. in and come out. I mean, then what do they have to do? Do they have to wait for a break and play? If that person's been off for 10 minutes, can they just come straight back on? Because why should they wait another eight minutes if the ball doesn't go out of play? Yeah, I agree. It's, I think, it's, I think it's, a, it's going to be a silly suggestion. Talking about... Um, silly bookings I was listening to I think it was Mike Dean on a podcast recently and he was refereeing the game between City and QPR when City won the league you know that where Aguero scored in the last oh, yeah. second yeah yeah 
right? And um, Aguero, after he scored, he took his shirt off and started swinging it round as he ran into the crowd. So Mike Dean booked him. Um, I didn't realise that at the time. Obviously, you probably don't know that he gets booked. And they were interviewing him and they were like, did you feel bad about booking him in that moment? And he was like, yeah, but, you know, it is the Wolves. And then he said, if he'd already been booked during the game, he thinks he would have ignored it. He, he thinks he would have just, he would have taken the flack. He would have yeah. taken the punishment from the FA that he didn't apply the rules properly because he said it would have been a ridiculous, like, red card. Can you imagine that? If if Aguero had scored that last second goal to get sent off, uh, to, to, to win Man City the league for the first time ever, and he gets sent off, celebrated. See, I I get what he's trying to do there by saying that. But when when they come out and say things like that, I think that's what gives referees a really hard time now because he's saying well if he hadn't been booked I would have booked I would have booked him but if he no sorry if he'd already been booked I wouldn't have given him that well as a, as the opposition why why yeah. do, do you know what I mean if he, he deserves a booking and and I think it's when they come out and say things like that I think it makes I, I think that's what upsets fans yeah it's just it's just yeah bizarre it was an interesting scenario wasn't it it's um I kind of get his philosophy, like it's not gonna make a difference to the result the league anymore. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's just gonna, you know, take a very special moment and um almost taint it, isn't it? And and kind of yeah. ruin it. Probably would have um, been funny though, right? <laughs> it would have been, been funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, I just listen and I, I can't remember him getting booked, but I obviously remember him swinging his shirt around because yeah. he was excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Okay, so we've said no to the blue card. I just think I just I want the game to get simpler, not more complicated. You throw another card in, and it's just yeah. it's just starting to feel like it's it's really getting away from the officiating. It's, yeah, it's, it's more things to get wrong. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, like I said at the start, everyone is talking about refereeing decisions and VAR. Spend some time getting that right, and then come back to this in a few years' time once you've yeah almost regained some confidence, or people are more confident in what yeah. are doing well because you know what it'll be it'll be in one game somebody will get um a blue card next week it'll be a yellow card it's like well in the previous week that person got a blue yeah. card for doing this and i'm our player got a yellow card yeah yeah let's just keep it a, simple there was a time where they um thought red card being the color red was too angry and they were going to change they talked about changing the red card to a different color because they thought it might be too stressful for players that's unbelievable isn't it <laughs> unbelievable like i said for me bottom line is if it's because of dissent players and clubs have got to get players under control a bit i guess um but oh sorry i've just put my phone on <laughs> but i guess the argument will be well referees have got to do better um i want to move on to the international tournaments that have finished so unfortunately i didn't see the finals but in the afcon we had the ivory coast won the final uh they beat Nigeria 2-1. Um, did you see any of the final? Or? No, I didn't know. What I wanted to say to you, though, about the AFCON, I think it was in the semi-final. We, we spoke briefly in WhatsApp about it, but in the semi-final, Nigeria went two up, but then within a matter of a minute, it went to one all because the play got called back for a foul in their box. And a penalty given to the opponent who's, who they scored it and it went to one all. So that, what's your initial thoughts on that? And, and I'll, I'll say something I've thought about since. I feel like this has been a time bomb waiting to happen. Where, you know, we're calling it back to a previous decision is going to rule out a goal. 
it was close to happening when Luton played Liverpool. I remember thinking that would be outrageous if they, you know, disallow a Luton goal and give Liverpool a penalty. Um, but yeah, this has been waiting to happen. There's not been, I don't know how much talk has been about it or what they said right or wrong is or whether it's just been accepted. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen much noise about it because, that, I mean, they carried on, I guess, because they they progressed anyway. It, it makes it almost irrelevant. But if it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. You can't complain. But yeah, I agree with you. The thing for me is, you, you've, you've, it's a really difficult situation because should the goal stand and you give them a penalty? Because if the goal doesn't stand, then you should be stopping the play, I think. Yeah. Because why let the opponent, and then say somebody gets really badly injured, but then it goes back to the penalty, that that change of that passage of play might have been different. I know that's a real extreme case, but you might have prevented that injury from happening. But I still think if that is so harsh on a team that have scored the goal, because if you are going to chalk it off, then in my head, you have to stop the game until each decision is made. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's just not fair, is it? No, no, it's it's not fair. Um, it's obviously such an it's such an important goal to rule out at such a vital time as well, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think just before COVID, uh, the reason I say it like that because it was one of the last things I, I remember doing before COVID. But I went to see it was Tottenham v City, and it was almost a similar thing. I think we no, I think City got a penalty, but it was given almost like four minutes after it, and the play had gone on. Now, fortunately, no goals have been scored. But I remember thinking at the time, if, if that's given, if if say if, if if we score, what happens? And what say if um, what if the team that were awarded the penalty, what if they score in the meantime? I mean, what happens then? Do they then just do they not give the penalty, or should they chalk that goal off? Maybe they just maybe they just play advantage in that in that situation. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But how do you play advantage for something from like five minutes? I, I, like I said, I don't know how long it took, but. I just feel that but if it really... took if it took five minutes, right, to call it back, there must be a time where VR, VR can check these things instantly. Yeah, like we've, they should we've just seen, haven't we? Though it doesn't. I just yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get how that situation can even look. Depends if they've drawn the lines or not. Have they drawn them straight? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I just um, yeah, I just found that amazing because if that if that ever happens in the Premier League. I think it'll be carnage. I think yeah. it'll be carnage. I think, yeah, I don't think we're ready if for it, that happening. If it, if it happens to a club, like, you know, the top few clubs like Liverpool or City or an Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it would just send shockwaves um, yeah. through the league. I, I, don't, I don't think we're ready for that. So I, I hope the FA is. Um, okay, I'll quickly go over the... The, the AFC Asian Cup, that was won by Qatar. They beat Jordan 3-1 in the finals. So they are now back-to-back winners of that as well. So that's the... I think that's it for the tournaments now until this summer, isn't it? Yes. So, yep. So all the players are back. I've got a few things now around the FA and Premier League. So the first thing, and again, I'll put it in the chat, the FA are potentially keen to sign Southgate up for an, a two-year extension to his contract, talk to me. <laughs> um, oh, I said this in the, the chat. I just imagine if like Southgate signs another two, three-year deal, or whatever he gets to sign, which takes him to the end of the next next World Cup. That 
And then just say he's an absolute. I say he just say the team England are absolute disaster in Europe in the Euros. The FA then have to either do a very huge payout or they have to keep him for another two years. And you know this could be we could be at a start of a decline. We might not be, mm. but I feel like he should, England. I feel like we should give England the tournament. And if he does well at the tournament, then renew his contract. To me, it seems absurd to do it now. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm also thinking. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like it should be a time to move on? So he's, I'd, I'd forgotten how long he's been there. So he was manager really since 2016. So he's been yeah, there eight years. Time, right? Three and tournaments? Is this his fourth tournament he's going into? Oh, oh I don't know. It no, feels probably, about, it yes, feels about probably four, eight it? years, yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say to you, right? It feels to me, and obviously we haven't had this year's tournament, but I feel England should have won one of those tournaments. I mean, yeah. the Euros, you can easily look at the Euros because it was penalty shootout. But even if we look at a World Cup, we've, I think the opposition, other teams haven't been as good as they have been in recent years or previous years. And I feel the England team that we've, you know, we've got should have won a, should have won a trophy. Yeah. The problem is, isn't it, with international football, trophies are few and far between. So like you said, he... He can um, be in charge for eight years, um, but he might have only lost to like three competitive fixtures um, yeah, in, in yeah. that whole time, which is not actually that much at all. But means he doesn't win a trophy. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's hard it's hard as an international fan, isn't it? Because only one team can win those events, and yeah. every every team is up for it. It's not like you know teams turn up and play badly. There's always other teams are available. So I think it is difficult. But yes, we have got a squad which is capable of winning international tournaments. Yeah. Um, whether Gareth Southgate's a limiting factor, I don't know. I, You're right, I, we, should have, we should have won that Euros. And yeah. I, I know I say we, like I'm including you, even though you're Italian. <laughs> um, but we, we we were the best team in that tournament. And yeah. Um, yeah. just uh, unlucky yeah. at the end. Yeah, and it went to penalties. But I, I would say if... They don't win the tournament this year. I would say thank you. But we need to look elsewhere. Mainly because, I, yeah, I, I don't see then what can happen. There is so many complaints all the time when when a squad selection comes out about he picks his favourites. We were talking last week about him going to see Jordan Henderson in Ajax. There's always so many criticisms of him. Yeah. And I know he's a perfect employee for the FA. I get it, yeah. right? He's probably the role model for them that they want. Yeah. I just think, yeah, look, look, look elsewhere. And, but, you know, say thank you. He's done a good job he's, in terms of win rate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I also think as well, yes, he, he has done well and he's got us to some tournaments. But if you look at some of the draws he's had, they've been quite favourable um, to get them there. So I think that you've got a feeling that Euro's final, but Euro's final we got to, apart from Germany, I think that's the only kind of big, big nation that we played. The World Cup draw where we got to the semis feels like it was a fairly favourable draw. Mm. So it's, it's not like we're beating loads of big nations. It seems we, you know, apart again, apart from the Germany one, but Germany have obviously seen better days. I feel like we haven't beaten anyone incredible. Like I can't think of many matches. You know where like you watch Tottenham matches and sometimes, you know, we'll beat a big club and you remember it for a while. Yeah. Apart from yeah. that Germany game and beating Colombia on penalties, I can't think, I can't, I, I can't remember the, the games which you know, make make me get goosebumps just thinking yeah, about them or, yeah. or just watching the replays. I can't think of those moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the only one, and again, I will go back to the Euros, but, you know, was it Luke Shaw scoring so early on? 
I think that was a moment where most fans were probably thinking, we've done it, we've done it. And, and that was probably part of the atmosphere. But yeah, I... <laughs> I mean, two-year extension, if he does well, it's only two years and, and probably they, then he's done his 10 years there. But I, I don't know. I, I just think it's time for someone else to have a go. We, we, we've we had... Who a, else? Who, who else would you put in that place? Um, I know. I reckon Pochettino will probably... Or Moyes will be looking for a job come come summertime. Yeah. How do you feel about it being a non-English person? Are you kind of okay with it being non-English? I think, I mean, for me, like you said, that's probably... I, I, I personally don't see it being that important anymore could be i reckon it could be eddie howe yeah yeah that's probably that's probably not a bad shout i mean i yeah obviously what if it's a british person it's that whole dream about they've managed they've probably played the game you know they've grown up they've managed in the premier league or or else and and they've then won the world cup with their home country but i honestly don't think football's football right and premier league is known all over the world the players are known i i I just think if you if you if you kind of turning your nose up at some potentially great managers, and I know foreign managers haven't necessarily had a brilliant time um, in in England in, in sorry in the England national team, but then a lot of managers haven't because the only tournament was in '66, right? So it's not you can't blame foreign managers for not having won a tournament. So yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, so we'll watch a space on that. A couple of other stories, and and then I do want to have a. I found a funny one literally just before we jumped on. But there's a story that cropped up a couple of days ago that the Premier League is facing the threat of legal action from a club over amended rules around commercial deals. On Friday, rules regarding associated party transactions were tightened. Now, what this does, this is aimed at clubs signing sponsorship deals with companies linked to their owners. The reason being that these ATPs, as they're called, can inflate revenue streams and allow more room for spending. The The club hasn't been named, but they've informed all 20 of the Premier League uh, owners at shareholders meeting in London. The legal threat concerns whether the Premier League's rules are compatible with, compatible with competition law. So, yeah. What's your view on that? It, it, to me, again, it feels like common sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? I guess we have no idea who the club is who's taking action. No, I mean, no, it could be any. I mean, there's so many now with new owners and, that. yeah. I, no, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, apparently the vote wasn't, um, there wasn't, there was a vote on the proposed rule changes, which wasn't unanimous. Um, again, it wasn't said which teams have or haven't voted for that. But I just find, I just find this becoming quite murky. This whole FFP financial things, what 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 you can or can't do with ownership, is becoming really murky, and I think is really in danger of damaging the game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and linked to that, I've got, and again, I laugh. It's not a funny story, but I laugh at it because the Premier League recruits extra legal help due to the volume of ongoing cases. Um, so we, you know, all these FFPs. We've got Everton. We've got Nottingham Forest are under there. I think um, Chelsea are being investigated. Uh, there was sort of talk about uh, Arsenal and Tottenham. We've got Nottingham. Did I say Nottingham Forest? But I think they're under there. It's incredible as well, that isn't it? And that's what linked to the previous point. I mean, what 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 world we're living in, where it, where it's the best league, so called in the world, the one of the richest, and the Premier League need help to kind of start working on all the cases that are going through. Yeah, it's 
it kind of makes you like miss like the olden days, doesn't it? Like the nineties, where you know <laughs> where we didn't have rich oil owner owned clubs, and we didn't have all these really ridiculous expensive transfers. Yeah, and like people may have been drawn to the good teams like Manchester United and, and Newcastle at the time, but we didn't we didn't have this. Um, it kind of makes you yearn for that period again because, like you said, we're kind of ruled by some stuff that goes off the pitch. Um, and you know, you know, Everton is an example. They can't watch football every week, and they watch it not knowing if they're going to face any further punishments down yeah. the line. Um, so you know, they might be aiming for that forty point mark, but we don't actually know if that forty point mark is real because they might yeah. need to get fifty points because yeah. they've, they've been deducted ten points. It's yeah, it's just a bit rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and I think as I said previously, so I don't want to retread too much old ground, but it's almost so what's the word? The 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 clarity around all the rules and the cases for the normal fan, it's almost impenetrable, isn't it? So I you know, yeah. I still don't necessarily know the full ins and outs of the FFP and why why certain clubs are um are under it. It's it feels like it's uh, intentionally convoluted so they can draw it out and do what they want almost yeah uh was there anything else i feel like i had something else to say on this whole ffp but and the other thing about it as well is is the way it hangs over so you know rightfully so people will say man city are only so good or winning all these trophies because they've broken so many rules whereas you didn't used to say that like if a team you know when man united won the treble i don't think anyone was going around saying oh they only won that because they cheated yeah, uh, yeah, or anything along those lines, and it kind of takes away that achievement element. Um, yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that—that's what I was going to say because I can't remember if I mentioned it on here, but no, I didn't because we were talking about Pochettino and could he get the the sack. I think I read an article following that that it's going to be incredibly difficult to get rid of him because what I didn't realize was managers pay and and the the um what's the word severance would count into ffp so they would find it incredibly hard to get rid of him because of that element as well so now we're in a situation where i'm not saying he is but a potentially an underperforming manager or a, a very incompatible manager you can't get rid of him because you're full yeah. of ffp which is it's astonishing yeah yeah, it's ridiculous, and but that's that's because they have to pay him off. Like, yeah. so it's not even it's not even sacking him, like sacking him and getting rid of him and not paying him more. It's because he's got a ridiculously length contract that he, they have to pay him off there and then. Yeah, Whereas, it, it, if you're underperforming, you're underperforming. You shouldn't get paid for the rest <laughs> of it. It's... Yeah, it's it's a, it, damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you keep a manager on who isn't doing it, or you get rid of them, and then you're going to be fined by the FA yeah. or, or docked points. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Right, I've got just two more things. I want to go back to one, and it, this sorry, this is going to go back to Arsenal. I, th- I did want to just shout out that if I read correctly, Leandro Trossard scored Arsenal's eight thousandth league goal at the weekend. So wow. I did see that. So that's um that's a bit of a bit of a record. And I I was um it, it's a great record, and I did want to call it out. But then I was thinking again, as an Arsenal fan, would you have wanted to be like a sacker? Or someone like you know who's been there for a while because he's only Trossard's only been there for about a season or half a season. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, but the the story I want to finish on, and I found this literally just before we logged on. So um, where is it? So Coventry striker Hadji Wright scored twice in their championship win over Millwall on Sunday. 
but it was his unusual method to decide who took his size penalty that left his boss unimpressed. So basically, the normal, um, I think the normal penalty taker is Callum O'Hare. But he wanted, Hadji Wright wanted to take it, so they played rock, paper, scissors to decide who took it. Um, and I've got a quote here from the manager, Mark Robbins. So the players were saying, yeah, we're, you know, we, we each wanted to take it. We're hungry for goals, etc." They've got, however, boss Robbins was not happy with the manner in which a decision to take the penalty was reached. Rock, paper, scissors, I'm going to kill them, he said after the game. For me, it's about <laughs> who's confident to take the penalty. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's your view on that? Doing that in the middle of a pitch is embarrassing, right? <laughs> I don't know. What, what was the score at the time? Um, what was the score at the time? Were we already winning? I, maybe it's probably a little bit disrespectful to the opposition, isn't it? Because it becomes a bit of a party game, bit of a thing. <laughs> I think they drew level from the penalty spot. Oh, wow. In that case, yeah. then, yeah, I think the manager has a right to be uh, a bit... Yeah, yeah. So I words. think it was the first goal, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well... Okay, let me go back. What did I say? Did I say embarrassing? I think what I mean by embarrassing is we imagine like a football team and a squad and a manager to be really well drilled. You're taking the corners. You're taking it. If it's on the left side, you're going to take the free kick, penalties, this and that. Then to see players do rock, paper, scissors on the pitch just feels a bit, we don't know what we're doing almost. Yeah, 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 agreed. Maybe, maybe. I wonder if you started introducing that into other aspects of life or we, at work. We can, do, we can do rock, paper, scissors next week to decide who's host. We could, we could do it before the call. Well, I won't be hosting, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that's all I had to cover. Was there anything else? Yeah, just, just one thing. Oh, the, oh, two things, actually. The first one is uh, I've just noticed that Jesse Lingard is signed for FC Seoul. Oh, in, yes, yes. In, in yeah. Korea. Uh, which is it's quite interesting. The, the way they've worded the interview, he goes, he's not quite match fit yet. But then they said the season doesn't start for another month. And you like to think, well, what has he been doing then? He, he can't get fit in a month. Um, yeah. And then the, and the second one, and this is my favourite Instagram post of of, uh, of the week that I've read. And obviously there's been a lot of talk about over-celebrating managers, um, a lot of ridiculous talk, you know, calling each other's managers out. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Jose Mourinho has posted a picture uh, which is entitled Over-Celebrating, I Prefer Not to Speak. And the picture is just a collage of all the times where he's over-celebrating an event. And it just, uh, it just it made me laugh. Actually, on that, I think I saw a picture, I think it was of the, the Ivory Coast when they won the... Um, the AFCON it's them celebrating and someone's put saying like come on that's embarrassing get down the tunnel you've only won the AFCON there's a World Cup on the on the, on the way you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that <laughs> like, oh dear brilliant um, okay no cool thanks for that if you make sure you well I was going to say if you're listening but you are listening so yeah make sure you're subscribed to Just Football to not miss an episode share our posts out I want to shout out the chaps at Seismic Soccer and Joey over at the Game Club Pod and two blokes from Blighty. Any shout outs from you, Dan? No, uh, not this week. I just want to say hi to Dave. We'll see you next week, Dave. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. We're available on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime, 
Keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.